I think, especially once you get to the point of EHS, everybody takes some responsibility yeah. um, for, their, for their own energy. And right. that's part of the healing. Just as important as it is to put uh, that metal shielding around those wires, uh, um, it is to, to kind of be very mindful of um, how we're using our energy and, mm. and, and how we're treating our own bodies. Hello, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes Podcast. Today, I am venturing into a topic that is rather sensitive, literally. In my work to promote green homes, I have heard from more than a few people about their concerns of electromagnetic field, EMF, that's often associated with green homes, which often include smart technologies to control the home environment which can be harmful, especially for people who have electrical hypersensitivity, EHS. My guest today, Michael Bender, an artist and writer by profession, has traversed the journey in search of a solution to his extra hypersensitivity, not only to EMF, but also mold and other environmental toxins, even as well as some otherwise benign natural elements. His article in Men's Health from March 2022 describes his journey quite poignantly. I was so moved by his statement, quote, after decades of challenge after challenge, nightmare scenario after nightmare scenario, one thing was certain. I was really effing strong and I had developed a kind of unbreakable self-love, unquote. I am honored to have Mike on my podcast today to tell us about the solutions he came up with for his home and his insight for those who may be struggling with sensitivity issues. I hope you find this helpful. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being here today with me. And I am really uh, grateful that you are, uh, you have agreed to speak to me today. And as you know, um, my my show name is Home Green Homes, and I started doing this podcast, I think it may be four years ago, um, about, you know, what makes a home green. And as I do this, I often get some pushback from people who are um, sensitive to electromagnetic field, as we know EMF. And so I just wanted to know more about it. And, and, and your story is so remarkable. And I, I, I really um, appreciated your candidness in, in the article that you, you wrote in Men's Health. Um, so I know that you have a long story about how you got here. But um, I just like to ask you briefly uh, about just, just briefly about, you know, what got you to to search the solution for your house for your home where you where you actually spend most of your life life yeah, yeah where i am right now mm-hmm. yeah um, well in my case you know the, the quick explanation is i got bit by a tick when i was 11 years old mm-hmm. um ended up not knowing that I had Lyme disease, but as I got older, had all kinds of symptoms, neurological symptoms, digestive symptoms that started to create kind of havoc inside my body. 
and um, and specifically my nervous system. And when the nervous system gets so out of whack, um, becomes uh, the brain becomes hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you become aware of everything. You're like you're like a, a pregnant woman times a hundred <laughs> in that you know smelling things, you're hearing everything. Like your fight or flight is so keyed in. And mm-hmm. byproduct of that is a sensitivity to electrical EMFs as well. So it's it's not necessarily like a specific thing with EMFs because mm-hmm. the sensitivities right. are across the board. You right. know, someone with perfume will set off my nervous system in the same way. But I'm just aware of that uh that that those electric fields. Mm-hmm. I can feel them, I can touch them. Um and so that led me to um, want to uh, build a house that I could live in and heal in. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I had to create something that was entirely human healthy. So mm-hmm. not just green because, you know, green is uh, uh, sustainable and eco-friendly and all of these things that are, that are equally as important. Mm-hmm. But I think in my case, it also had to be human healthy because sometimes green doesn't cover all of the, check off all the boxes when it comes to human healthy. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's how I yeah. got here. Yeah, so I know there's a there's a lot of debate to be had about you know what the difference between healthy homes and green homes, and there's definitely a you know big overlap, but um, you know like you said, sure. there's healthy elements and the green ecologically correct uh, elements may not be always the same. And in your case, you came up with this house called you call you call this quiet home. And, and that's a whole new term that I think a lot of people haven't heard about. So if you if you are to define what quiet home is, um, what would that be? Well, the reason I the reason I called it quiet home was because I was interpreting everything that was setting off my nervous system, yeah. whether it be smell, sounds, electrical. It was all noise. Mm-hmm. It was noise for my nervous system and it was creating disruption. So for me, the idea of a quiet home, uh, a home where the body can truly heal and be calm, that's tranquil and peaceful, um, just felt that that word just spoke to me and gave me comfort. So what a quiet home is, a quiet home is a home that truly allows the body to just relax in the same way that if you go hike, if you go hiking or you go camping, what happens? You feel amazing. Your body is so calm and relaxed in nature, and that's kind of the idea with a quiet home. We used nature as our sort of our guide, nature as our standard, and the and the goal was how close can we achieve a house that will allow me to live as if I was out in nature in terms of mm-hmm. air quality, water quality, and all of those different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I believe that, you know, actually, it's interesting that we are talking today, which is almost three years to the date um, that we got shut down with the COVID. And in the last three years, I think the green home sort of, may may I say, movement has become kind of hyper-focused on the healthy uh, factor of the homes. So... In your case, it's it's like 
you have you had so much sensitivity not just the toxins like you said it's emf and 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 i know that uh, from reading your articles and listening to some other podcasts you've done it's not just a toxic material it could be some natural material that that you can be sensitive to like your your wife's shampoo <laughs> right no, um, again when the nervous system gets disrupted it it could be uh, you. You you also start developing a lot of allergies because mm -hmm. the brain gets confused. But if it's even if it's a strong smell, like strong smell of lavender, mm -hmm. which is not toxic anyway, that's still enough to set off the nervous system. So there's a distinction. Right. However, when something is toxic, it both sets off the nervous system, but also becomes something that my body now has to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I would say even further sort of hinders the process of healing. Right, right, right. So, so the quiet home can be, uh, it, it can be different from each person. Like if you were to design a quiet home, which I'm going to get to, um, it's not a cookie cutter design or it's not like a checklist of things that you have to follow um so it really has to be customized to whoever um your your condition your um uh your sensitivities to different things and different um items right yeah so well, i think there yeah i was just gonna say that i think that um there is there is kind of a standard template for the mm -hmm. quiet home, I'd mm -hmm. say. Sure. Then then there's a question of maybe somebody doesn't have the EMF sensitivities that I have, right. but they're asthmatic or mm -hmm. their kids are asthmatic. So mm -hmm. they really want to focus on air quality. Mm -hmm. Um but let's, you know, let's just say somebody is is going through chemotherapy, they have cancer, um, then they might also might want to even though they don't have the EMF sensitivities, um, they might want to sort of take care of all the different things just to give the body the best chance. Because even somebody who's not sensitive to it, like I am, or mm -hmm. aware of it, mm -hmm. their bodies and nervous systems are still dealing with it. It's mm -hmm. just you don't have that awareness because your brain right. isn't freaking out. Right. So, so there, but there, there are kind of steps. And there is like a, a, and that was something that I tried to outline in the article in Men's Health mm -hmm. was here are the things you can do in breaking it down to, you know, water, air, electrical, the process of construction, which is a big one, which mm -hmm. I, most people don't mm -hmm. think about, right? Even if you're building the greenest home in the world, if you're doing dirty construction and you've got right. dust everywhere settling in places, right. that's not going to turn out too well. Right. So there are just kind of practices, best practices, I would say, yeah, that really help. And and I think that the I always try to impress upon people, my friends, family. This isn't a process where you're trying to be perfect, mm -hmm. because if you aim for perfection, you're gonna you're gonna be really disappointed, mm -hmm. because it's impossible. Right. So it's about checking off the big things mm -hmm. so that you're you're making progress progress not perfection like that's exactly. the goal mm -hmm. and, and and so i think you know paint is massive right. um in terms of human health mm -hmm. um because we're surrounded by it it's on every wall right. it's on the ceiling 
So that's a big one. If you get that right, that's that's a big check on the on the list. Yeah. Um, flooring mm -hmm. again everywhere. So we want to get that right. Cabinetry, like our kitchen cabinetry, where we spend most of the time in our homes, mm -hmm. we want to be really mindful of what are we using on the kitchen cabinets. What kind of paint do we use? What kind of lacquer are we using? What what are these cabinets made of? Where were they constructed? Right. Um, those are the type of questions you have to ask. So those are kind of like the big ones, and then you can get into more of the detail. But you know yeah. that's 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 the big. One. Yeah. So a lot of the things that you are talking about, the flooring, the paint, and the cabinetries, they definitely qualify as being green, or you know, green materials or green building. So what are some of the um, things that you implemented in your quiet home that that well say let's let's go from the basics like you know the floor and the paint and the cabinet and what are the other basic things that you implemented and then I know that you you discovered some other things as you went along so if you could tell me you know maybe how you went went along with the process what were some of the discoveries that you did for your specific yeah. case? Yeah. 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 Um, well, first, I, I want to just draw a distinction because green can sometimes be confusing for people. Mm -hmm. If you go to Home Depot and you're looking at paints, you'll see a lot of paints that are green. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a buzzword. It's been used, right. it's been misused, I should yeah. say. Yeah. And so a lot of people get very confused with paint and i want to stress this mm -hmm. when you go to home Depot and you see your paints and it says green or zero voc mm. is not true mm -hmm. <laughs> and okay. this this is not something that I knew initially but i learned it from speaking mm -hmm. to those who understood it have tested these products right um there are all kinds of ways to get around regulations right. when it comes to paints and to mm -hmm. be able to use words like green mm -hmm. and natural right. and whatever they say the only paint that i know of that is entirely safe is a paint called safe coat mm -hmm. amf uh, afn safe coat mm -hmm. um this is amazing product the guy that started the company worked in the paint industry got cancer i think in the 80s oh, wow. and decided he was going to create a paint that wasn't going to make people sick mm -hmm. and so he created this company around that and their products are they are not only green, they are human healthy, they are non-toxic, mm -hmm. they don't off-gas. Um, and so this is the number one thing I try to tell friends, especially people who are painting like a baby's nursery. Right. Use it. Match yeah. any paint color. Yeah. It's no different than Benjamin Moore or Sherman Williams or whatever you like. It's the exact same finish in, mm -hmm. in, the, in the end. And um, I could walk into a room while they were painting and I didn't have a reaction. Whereas, you know, if I went somewhere else, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably drop dead <laughs> if I was in the <laughs> middle of a paint job. Because so, it's so much off the paint. Mm -hmm. um, so just want to make sure people understand that. Same thing, you know, I think flooring too can be tricky. There are little ways that there can, they can work things into flooring. I would say to people, there's a place called the Green Design Center mm. in Wisconsin, a guy mm -hmm. named Andy Pace. Yes. He does consultations. He's an incredibly intelligent uh, source of information. He will test the flooring himself. 
and oh, tell wow. you if there's formaldehyde. Yeah. For the, for the hell of it, I sent him some samples from a flooring store I went to here. Uh, some of the stuff that said it was formaldehyde-free was, some of it was not. So oh, wow. um, they don't know, depending on which shipment comes in, mm. what's what. You really mm. have to do your homework when it comes to flooring, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So that's a piece that I think people should know about. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of my cabinetry, I use all AFM paints, safe coat paints. Mm -hmm. So um, I was able to use lacquer. They have a lacquer product that works just as well. Mm -hmm. um, and all of my cabinetry is um, pure bond plywood. So pure bond uh, is uh, certified formaldehyde-free plywood. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a really good product. And I use that for everything in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, I think the next piece that I wanted to tackle, I had come from an environment that was, uh, that had mold. Right. And when you kind of combine lime and mold, mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit, it's a really strong concoction for right. someone that's mm -hmm. ill. So that was a big concern for me. So when I came into this house, um, I wanted to make sure the air quality was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, so I put in uh, an IQ HEPA filter. Um, it's four HEPA filters back to back. It's called an IQ Perfect 16. Wow. And that is not, no, there's no, nothing electrical. It's truly just the way that they organize and, and position the HEPA filter so the air can flow through them. Wow. But you get the benefit of four of them. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the other component that a lot of people don't know about for anyone that's concerned about um, mold is um, a dehumidifier. So right. depending on where you live, yeah. and I'm in Santa Barbara, and I know you're over the mountains, so <laughs> where we have similar yeah. cli uh, climates, um, at times it can get pretty humid. So um, mold is interesting in that you could have what you think is a clean house, but if you have rugs and fabrics and furniture mm -hmm. with fabrics, and then you have high humidity, a lot of people don't realize that humidity is water in right. the air. Right. And so it needs food and it needs mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. um, and so if it has the humidity and it has the fabric, it will grow on rugs and, and things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, that, that was something, again, I didn't fully realize, um, but the dehumidifier has been massively helpful here because we've been able to kind of keep it climatized right. um, at, you know, just keep it at 50, mm -hmm. um, 50 degrees in terms mm -hmm. of humidity. Yeah. Um, the other piece, I guess the next thing would be um, water. Um, and just making sure that your filtration is mm -hmm. really good. Um, mm -hmm. The water here is not fantastic, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty heavily treated. Um, so I have a whole house filter, mm -hmm. big carbon filter that kind mm -hmm. of removes any of the, the junk. Mm -hmm. And then a filter that I also have at the tap that we drink just to just filter out anything that might be inside the plumbing right. from the outside. Mm -hmm. to the sink. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people get intimidated by water and I get it. It yeah. is intimidating because there's a lot of mis not a lot of misinformation, but a lot of differing information. Right. Um, the one thing that I discovered, I had previously used reverse osmosis, mm -hmm. um, which 
it's just majority common. of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, abusing. Here's the thing with a re reverse osmosis that I don't know that people fully understand, which is when you drink that all the time. Um, reverse osmosis is water that essentially you're stripping all the minerals, you're stripping everything from the water, right. and that removes all the bad, but you're removing all the good stuff too. Right. And so when you drink that water and it goes into your body, what it ends up doing is pulling the minerals back from inside your body because the water oh. wants to pull it back. Wow. And so what ends up happening, you can actually become depleted mm. from drinking yeah, reverse osmosis water and you could also become dehydrated from it mm -hmm. which is counterintuitive mm -hmm. but this is something i have experienced because when i switched to the water i'm drinking now i suddenly felt a lot better and a lot uh. more hydrated so uh it's worth knowing so you can use reverse osmosis and remineralize mm. uh, there are systems that will remineralize before it comes to your glass mm -hmm. but um i do recommend people looking into that because i think you know we all drink from our taps our kids drink from it and we should be really mindful of the, the water that we're right. consuming yeah now i want to i'm mostly interested in what you had to do about your ehs the electric hypersensitivities because that's um, the last piece yeah yeah there's there's uh, there's actually quite a few people out there who have that and and people are very perplexed about what we can do about it and i'm i'm actually surprised and grateful that you're sitting in front of your computer and i know it's it's not through wi-fi like i do <laughs> and uh you're you're hardwired to your computer so, right. so can you tell me some of the things that you had to do um about to, to yeah. do with your H EHS. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. Mm -hmm. for, for, you know, the other ones are really straightforward, right? You right. know, you, you use paint, mm -hmm. you use product. You know, EHS is different. P people have different sensitivities. So someone might be more sensitive, for example, to right. magnetic. Mm -hmm. uh, fields. There's electric fields, magnetic fields, there's radio frequency, which has come from our cell phones, and there's dirty electricity. Right. They're all different forms of, of EMS. Um, so somebody might be more focused on one than the other, depending on what they feel. Mm -hmm. um, I happen to feel all of them. So I have the benefit <laughs> of, uh, of understanding all, all of them. Um, less to the dirty electricity, maybe a little less so, but, um, what I did in the house was the number one thing was to make sure that the, uh, wiring in the house was shielded. Mm -hmm. So when we use Romex, which is a plastic coating on the wiring, mm -hmm. uh, that wiring is not shielded, meaning mm -hmm. the electric fields are not contained. They're mm -hmm. able to sort of spread and go outwards. Right. And so for someone who's sensitive, uh, that means that your body is actually experiencing that, that voltage is going through your body. Right. And I've used a body voltage meter where you can actually hold something and you can mm -hmm. measure it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty amazing when you walk towards an outlet and mm -hmm. walk away, you can mm -hmm. see what your body's taking on. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. So I use, I use something called um, um, MC... I think it's called MC, it's metal clad. Mm -hmm. um, and MC, basically, you've seen it, it's kind of like, um, it's like a metal tubing that the wire goes in. Mm -hmm. It's flexible. 
Um, and that basically, and then they ground that, um, the electrician will ground that so that all of the, those wires, basically, they can't emanate from, from mm -hmm. there. They have to, they get contained and nothing spills out into the, the environment that you're living in. Right. So that's the biggest piece. So all, I had to redo all the wiring, put everything in MC and, um, that was a big deal. The, the second piece was, like you said, wiring the house. So everything is hardwired. Um, we have no Wi-Fi in the house. I personally am not a proponent of Wi-Fi for anyone, mm -hmm. but um, I think I think that you know certain people obviously can handle it probably better than others. But I do think that Wi-Fi is one of those things that even for someone who's in a healthy a body that's balanced and healthy, you're still getting hit all the time. Yeah. The body's yeah. very smart. It can deal with things as they come. But when you hit it all the time, that's when things can start to break down over right. time. Right. And so I, what I recommend to people at the very least, if you have Wi-Fi, shut it down at night. Put a um, plug with the router or the modem that has a timer on it so that at night it shuts off. You're not using your Wi-Fi at night. There's zero reason why you need to be blasting it, especially as you sleep, because that's right. when our nervous systems unload from the day and we we, we sort of rebuild and recuperate. So um, that's the biggest piece, I think, is when you're sleeping. So I would say to people, if you want to continue using Wi-Fi, yeah, it's a really simple thing. It won't really affect your it won't affect your lives in a big way. I mean, um, that's that's the biggest paradox of our modern days you know like everybody's connected yeah. and and that's the other thing a lot of people uh think green homes meaning smart homes or you know like everything is connected through wi-fi and you can control your light to your sound to heat and everything so that means wi-fi needs to be on all the time a security system like the ring bell you know you you have to be connected to wi-fi so I mean, that is that is a big question mark I have. I've always had. So you, well, you, you and me both, because to me, um, these smart home devices are sort of the least green thing I can think of, mm -hmm. because, again, when I think of green, I think of I think of nature um, and we don't encounter any of that stuff in nature. Mm -hmm. um, if we go to the beach, there there are magnetic fields that we feel from the earth. Mm -hmm. Those are really good for the body. Those mm -hmm. are really balancing for the body. But when we're surrounded by all of this man-made man -made electric fields, um, it's really disruptive mm -hmm. to the body, to the cells, mm -hmm. and to the mm -hmm. nervous system. Yeah. The reason why, you know, you said there are more and more people that may, you might be hearing from is because as we continue to add to the pile, right? Now our, our range hoods have Wi-Fi, our fridges have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, our coffee makers have Bluetooth and you know, <laughs> you know, connect to our phones. Yeah. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We don't need and what happens is we're just compounding it. And so what's going to happen is more and more people eventually the body and the brain at some point say, it's too much. Yeah. You know, enough is enough. And that's that's the beginning of electrical sensitivity. So I think if anybody's interested in the subject, I think just think, you know, you don't have, to, I would just think logically about it and say, I kind of 
want to introduce the least amount of that noise as possible mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. um, I know I need certain things to get my work done, right. but um, but the least amount that you can do, I think the better off you're gonna be. And the things that you don't need, like the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in your yeah. toaster, yeah. don't get it. <laughs> yes, I agree. Simple. But so but so so you your house is fairly well shielded, say for instance, that you don't have a Wi-Fi signal in your house, but you must still pick up Wi-Fi signal from your neighbors, don't you? Do you, what, is there anything are, you can do are, about that? Well, I have, so I have a little RF meter, uh -huh. which picks up the frequency. I can see exactly what kind of, um, what kind of RF is in the house or, or wherever I am in the house. It's mm -hmm. very, very low. I happen to be far enough, I think from the neighbors here, Right. that I'm not picking anything up in the house. Mm -hmm. So it's very low. It's under five, which is really um, very, very low and almost undetectable to the body. So like my bedroom, especially, mm -hmm. um, I think is extremely low. And at night, um, even for people that are around Wi-Fi at night, it does tend to come down too, because the activity starts kind of comes down. So, uh, so I got lucky there because you don't always know, like you said, who you're next to, how close you are, where they're, yeah, uh, router is in the house, especially for people that are in apartment. It can be right. very tricky because you can make a decision for yourself. Yeah, but the person next to you has a has a modem right next to your wall. <laughs> um, it's tricky. There, there, there are things you can do. There are things you can use. I don't have a lot of experience with those things, but I know that there's a, some a product called Y Shield, mm. which um, is a paint that can be applied and that will block that mm -hmm. will block electric. And RF. I see. Um, and so a lot of people end up using that, mm -hmm. uh, but I can't speak to that right. uh, from a personal perspective. Right. So, because like when I go to my Wi Fi network on my computer, I see, I see all my neighbors' Wi Fi networks. And, and, right. and I'm, I am in the area that's fairly sparse, right? I, I don't have neighbor looking into my window, but you know, like as, if I'm in the city, say I am visiting somebody's office or something, I can see long list of Wi-Fi networks. So that means we're, we're bombarded with all the signals, right? <laughs> yes, although they, those signals that you're seeing are are smaller than you think in terms mm, of I see. how intense those signals are. Meaning a lot of times if you clicked on them, you would get a very low mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Wi-Fi signal because you're not really getting a strong signal. So right. The computer, the computer is quite sensitive. It'll pick up a lot of that. I see. Uh, but yes, we go out into the world. Yeah. We are being hit constantly. It's in our yeah. cars. I mean, yeah. the cars we drive now. How much is is going on in the cars? So uh, that's true. The, the The other thing I'll mention is that a lot of people with phones. And mm -hmm. I just did a Instagram post about this because I have a lot of friends who come over and they say, "Mike, don't worry, I'm in airplane mode." Um, <laughs> You think they're in airplane mode, but then I check their phones and they're not. Yeah. Um, the iPhone is very tricky. It you you can think you're in airplane mode and you've shut it down, like at night and you put it next to your bed, but you're actually blasting out a signal still. So you have to make sure that your phone looks like that. Mm. That all of those symbols are completely clear, like there's no white behind uh, them. Uh-huh. White behind them, especially the Bluetooth, right? It's still a very very large signal so a lot of people don't realize that 
and um and so it's just it's just helpful i think to know that because most people want to put it in airplane mm -hmm. when they're not using it when they're right. sleeping right and um it can be tricky yeah then how about like 5g you know i i know some people who are trying to find any spots in the world that doesn't have 5g <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, I'm, I've met a lot of people on my journey here mm -hmm. and I've met some people that are really far on one side of this issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there is a, like a stereotype of someone who's EMF sensitive as being wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> um, I don't, I never like that. Mm -hmm. I still go out into the world. I still go with, you know, I had to go with my son into a Verizon store the other day. Yes, that, I saw that you scared the hell out of me. But <laughs> yeah. So I did that. Yeah. That because I don't believe that we should hole ourselves up in the house and, yeah. and not go out into the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's counterproductive at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's really about trying to just when we come home. Mm -hmm make our home as as safe and healing a space as possible right. um and and just just being mindful of that but i think that i've spoken to some people that get very very wound up around 5g mm -hmm. um and there are obviously a lot of theories and conspiracy theories around 5g mm -hmm. um, to me i group it all in the same way i group in the same way as someone who's has a really strong hair product or toxic like dye in there <laughs> to me all disruption and noise body and i limit that yeah. i don't get caught up on 5g and 4g 3G. <laughs> okay. i'm not i just not focused on that. i i i really like part of the healing process for me has been getting my body and my nervous system to calm down and to yeah. say we're okay we're safe yeah. okay so live that hypervigilant uh uh for me it is not the, the way i want to live my life mm -hmm. i want to i want to be healthy i want to be able to do things like everybody else so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of where i fall on that issue that's great so you are you are by profession an artist and writer i'm an artist myself yes. so so i i feel the kindred soul here but <laughs> You know, like along this journey, this over, if you started at age 11, over this, you know, quite a few years of journey, you kind of. 47 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. kind of became an expert at this, right? I did. By, by last, default. By default. In the last yeah. two years, I, 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 I learned a lot. And I think, uh, I think that. For me, I learned it so that I could give that information back to others. It's part mm -hmm. of the reason why I wanted to speak to you. Mm -hmm. I feel like whatever I learned from my experiences is not for me to just use for myself mm -hmm. and get better here. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are others out there that are in the yeah. same situation I was, right. that are confused, that are mm -hmm. scared, uh, that are lost, that have family members who think they're going crazy. <laughs> and my message to them is you're going crazy. Um, trust your in intuition, believe in yourself, and know that there are steps you can take to get better. Mm -hmm. And I am determined to just 
help as many people as I can, share the information, continue to learn, be open to learn, be open to being wrong. Uh, I think we all need to, be, to do more of that. Um, yeah. And and just try to just try to grow and learn. That's mm. that's that's the reason I'm here. Well, I'm I'm I so appreciate that. And do, so, would you say that um, there are solutions for all the different kinds of sensitivities? Like you had to really, you know, by trial and error, find your solutions one by one. And you know, and and a lot of the things that like you, including your doctors, the solutions that they might have in their pocket may not have worked for you. And so I'm sure that there's so many people out there who may have different sensitivity issues that nobody can figure out. But do you think that there there can be solutions that that can work for everybody? I am a believer that there's always a solution. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's always a solution. I, mm -hmm. I can't say that there's a complete solution for everybody, but I think there are things that can make everyone feel better than they might feel. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I am a believer in that. I think yeah. that I, I, I think, I think optimistically about that. That that there are ways for all of us doctors are well-meaning, they wanna help us, mm -hmm. but there are certain things they don't, and they're not trained in understanding what kind of living environments we live in. However, right. it's massively important to understand a patient and understand why someone may be sick, because yeah. this is where we spend most of our time. Yeah. So it's extremely, extremely important. What I, what I say to people is, if you have very strong sensitivities, reach out to somebody like Andy Pace. Mm. Andy has, experience, his clinical experience working with people with sensitivities across the board. Mm -hmm. He is a sensitive guy himself in that he has incredible amount of empathy. He's incredibly patient and he will work with you. I couldn't have done it without him because he brought so much together for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's the one who said, use this paint, use this. It would have taken me forever to do my research and I probably mm -hmm. would have made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. He's been doing this for five years. So he has all the knowledge that I think people who are who are searching for answers might want. He's very reasonable. Um, it's not crazy expensive. Um, <laughs> anybody can book a half hour with him, ask him some questions and get some real, um, really valuable answers. So mm -hmm. for me, I call him, I call him Oracle because I can call Andy with any question. Uh, on any house related thing and he'll he'll have an answer for me. So um I, re I I I really recommend him very highly. I definitely will put his information on the show note. Um so like you said, you know like it's it's not it's progress not perfection. And your journey is not complete yet either. Like I'm sure that your your house is you know far better than any house that you could have lived in but you will continue to discover some other things then and you will you know some other maybe issues and you you will continue to discover the solution right so your journey continues and and there is hope for a lot of people that that can be better 
I think so. And I think, I think, uh, I like the way you put that. I think all of our journeys continue and are always continuing, right? That yeah. we're on this journey yeah. uh, all the way through. And so, um, so yes, my journey certainly continues. Um, but I have, I have gotten, I have gotten to the other side of the mountain in a sense. Mm. Um, I was really, really in a dark place at a certain point when yeah. I was confused of what yeah. was going on. I became empowered by the knowledge. I became empowered by starting to sort of be more aware of myself and understanding that my issues were not just a physical thing. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with myself um, energetically too. I had to look at my own energy and what yeah. putting out to the world. Yeah. So important that, I think, especially once you get to the point of EHS, mm -hmm. that you, everybody takes some responsibility yeah. um, for their, for their own energy. And right. that's part of the healing, just as important as it is to put uh, that metal shielding around those wires. Uh, um, it is to, to kind of be very mindful of um, how we're using our energy and, mm. and, and how we're treating our own bodies. So yeah. I just like, like my mind went boom, you know, in the last year. And I just, I'm just enjoying the process, like I said, of learning right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know that I know that to a certain degree, all of this crazy stuff that I went through mm -hmm. happened for a reason. Right. And when you, when anyone that's going through anything chronic or sick, when you get to that point where you can look at it from a place of what am I supposed to be learning from this? Yeah. Then you're in a, then you're starting to a really good place Yeah. because now you're, you're observing, you're observing your condition versus being in it and being trapped by it. Yeah. And um, so I think this is, this is part of what I was meant to learn. Yeah. And um and so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anything I've said just made sense, but um, no, it's, but totally... it's how I feel. And, yeah. You know, from it's very personal. And um, I feel for anybody who's going through any kind of sensitivity, whether it be mm. EHS or chemical sensitivities. Mm -hmm. um, I know what it's like. I understand the feeling. And I just want people to know that there are there are, like you said, there are uh, ways to address it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, my model is trust the process, trust the journey. So I, I really yeah. wish you the best with this journey that's going to continue yeah. and, and your family. I'm sure that, I'm sure that your family loves the house too. As much they as do. you do. They do. They love the house and you know, I'll make one other plug for hardwiring when you have yeah. kids. Mm -hmm. I find that it's um, worked out really well because when you're hardwired, what you can do is you set up workstations. Right. So the kids have workstations and when they're on the computer, they're on their workstation. When they're not on the workstation, they're not tempted to grab something and get on Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're more likely to pick up a book. They're more likely to, you know, start reading, doing an activity, play a board game. I think it's a really healthy thing in general to kind of create a space where we can get access to the internet, but yeah. then let the rest of the house be yeah. a place that's just a place where you can be creative and get bored yeah. and do all the things we're supposed to be doing. 
Yeah. Well, this takes the whole idea of healthy homes to a whole new level. I love it. <laughs> And Absolutely. you know my my show is gonna have to be home healthy home so home home quiet home. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mike. It was so great to talk to you. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having. Me. Thank you so much.